Welcome to Charlie's Chills, where we unravel bone-chilling real haunted stories from around the world. I'm Charlie, your host, bringing you tales from the internet and our listeners that will haunt your dreams. Follow us on X, Threads, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie Chills for your daily dose of spookiness. If you're creeped out and captivated, like, share, and subscribe, or follow, depending on your platform. And if you want to dive deeper into the shadows, contribute through buymayofcoffee.com slash charlieschills. All links in the description. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the world of Charlie's Chills. I'm here to share a bone-chilling story, one that's been handed down through my family, particularly from my aunt. My father and aunt spent their formative years in a house that was nothing short of creepy, nestled in the Arbroath region of Scotland. What makes this tale even more spine-tingling is my aunt's gift, an eerie susceptibility to the spirit realm that's haunted her all her life. Back in the 1980s, my father and aunt shared a room, separated only by a curtain. One fateful night, as they lay in bed trying to drift into slumber, something bizarre unfolded. My aunt suddenly noticed a figure standing right beside the curtains. In the dimly lit room, she initially thought it was my dad. The young lad before her wore chinos and a cream shirt, seemingly staring in her direction. Frustrated by his antics, she snapped at him to quit fooling around and go to bed. My dad, however, vehemently denied any involvement from across the room. She yelled again, convinced it was him, only to receive the same reply that he was already in bed and she was imagining things. Puzzled, she strained her eyes in the darkness and realized the figure lacked a head, a complete, headless presence. Panic and fear gripped her as this headless apparition dissolved before her very eyes. The plot thickens when my grand shared this eerie tale with some locals. She recounted how her daughter had seen a headless young man who vanished in the blink of an eye. The locals' response sent shivers down her spine, they revealed that a young man had once lived in one of the houses nearby. He had ventured to a lake, situated just behind their home, and tragically ended his life with a shotgun, leaving behind a gruesome scene. The connection between my aunt's chilling encounter and this tragic story left her haunted by the revelation. My father also bore witness to inexplicable occurrences. Although he, an ex-army man, rarely spoke of such things, he couldn't deny his own chilling experiences. He once glimpsed an evil-looking woman in a mirror on a door, while my gran had a mysterious presence sit on her bed. Now, on to my own tales. Three years ago, during my first ever stay with my Spanish ex-boyfriend and his family in the northern regions of Spain, I encountered a picturesque one-level bungalow in the midst of serene countryside. This idyllic scene, akin to the Swiss countryside, was marred by unsettling phenomena. In the throes of puberty, my psychic sensitivities surged, allowing me to perceive strange atmospheres in each room. The basement level, 
featuring my ex's brother's room, a bathroom, and a family room with a computer, fish tank, and books, was particularly eerie. Alone in the family room one day, I felt a pervasive presence with my third eye, a looming, hooded, and towering figure, pitch black and unsettlingly tall as the doorframe. My discomfort grew until I urgently called my ex to join me, never venturing down to the basement alone again. My ex's granddad had passed away when my ex was young, and his parents would host his grandma for several months each year. Her room exuded an inexplicable sense of peace, bathed in warm light. It felt safe, possibly influenced by her presence in a picture of her late husband on the bedside table, seemingly protecting the room. Interestingly, both his grandma and his mom had dreams and premonitions about people's deaths. His grandma dreamt of a solitary house in the middle of nowhere, a recurring vision that heralded impending death. Moreover, she once heard her husband, shortly before his death due to diabetes-related complications, dragging his feet heavily across the floor. Now, on to my ex's room. Initially, it felt fine and uneventful. The tiny room barely accommodated a desk, bed, and a built-in closet, but the window view of northern Spain's lush landscapes was captivating. Then, one fateful night at 4 a.m., something unprecedented occurred. I woke up, utterly wide-eyed, focused on something at the foot of the bed. With my third eye, not my physical ones, I discerned a middle-aged man in a flannel shirt with long, grimy brown hair, gazing back at me. He seemed harmless, his dirty face devoid of malice. Although I wasn't overtly frightened, my ex, who also woke up simultaneously, exhibited the same peculiar behavior. He inquired about my well-being but hadn't noticed the man himself. It was a surreal moment, one that I believe transcended mere dreams, given our synchronized awakening. I never managed to uncover the full history of that land, save for the discovery of bones during the house's construction. The experience couldn't have been a dream, not when my ex experienced the same phenomenon alongside me. It's another chapter in my life a testament to how such encounters can heighten one's susceptibility to the spirit world. Allow me to share another tale from my time in a young adult's hostel house share back in November 2016. The place was a gloomy, despondent setting filled with sorrowful memories and overwhelming experiences. One night, as I slept, strange knocks disturbed my slumber. They were faint but audible, breaking the silence at ungodly hours. The hostel had CCTV cameras monitoring communal areas, including my room's entrance, and I promptly requested a review of the footage. To my bewilderment, the surveillance revealed nothing, no one approached my door, and the security personnel remained undisturbed. Even my neighbor, a girl residing in the room next to mine, recounted similar experiences of gentle yet frantic knocking on her door. But the inexplicable didn't end there. On separate occasions, friends visiting my room claimed to hear someone sprinting up the nearby stairs. 
I too experienced this phenomenon when one of my friends asked me about the sudden, rapid footfalls. In another instance, I heard the same noise but dismissed it as background chatter during our conversation. The CCTV cameras had previously captured figures appearing behind my friends as they entered the house share, only to vanish upon investigation. The security staff were perplexed by these eerie occurrences, with one guard recounting a night when doors rattled and windows shook without cause, despite the clear, windless weather. Ladies and gentlemen, we've just ventured into another eerie tale from the depths of the unknown. But fear not, there's more spine-tingling content coming your way after this short break. While we take a breather, remember to follow us on X, formerly Twitter, Threads, Instagram, and Facebook, at Charlie Shows, to stay updated on all things supernatural. If you've been enjoying these chilling stories, be sure to like, share, and subscribe, or follow, depending on your platform, so you never miss a heart-pounding episode. And for those brave souls who want to support our quest for the paranormal, consider contributing through buymeacoffee.com slash charlieschills. So, don't wander too far. We'll be back with more hair-raising tales, inexplicable encounters, and unsettling mysteries. Stay tuned, because Charlie's Chills returns in just a moment. Keep those lights on, my friends. My name is Jen. I'm 23 years old, and I've always had a peculiar sensitivity to spirits and otherworldly phenomena. While I have numerous stories dating back to my childhood, I'll reserve those tales for another time. In recent years, I've encountered several eerie occurrences that continue to haunt my thoughts. My boyfriend resided in base housing on a local Air Force base, specifically in a cul-de-sac near the entrance. At the point where the street curved, I witnessed an unsettling sight, what appeared to be an average height airman, donned in uniform, standing beneath the streetlights. When I say, witnessed, I mean that I could visualize this figure in my mind's eye. Although my boyfriend has since relocated within the base housing, friends still reside near that area. Whenever I drive past that street, a shiver runs down my spine. The next unnerving encounter I'm about to recount took place just outside the aforementioned neighborhood. Along the street leading to the youth center, there's a small thrift shop, which had likely been a gas station in bygone years. The exterior boasts a water dispenser, a soda vending machine, and a red box. I frequented this red box in the evening after work, usually around 7 p.m., as the sun had already set shrouding the area in darkness. On multiple occasions, I've seen a massive, shadowy shape, whether creature or humanoid is uncertain, darting across the parking lot, vanishing beneath the streetlight that looms over the dumpster. 
Intrigued, I've searched for any sign of an animal or entity but always found nothing. This eerie sight has repeated itself about three times. The last and perhaps most terrifying encounter occurred on the base itself. It was around 1 a.m., and I was en route to visit my boyfriend at the hangar where he worked the overnight shift. The base's main street led me to a four-way stop sign, positioned at the far end near the flight line. As I ventured closer to the hangars, the streetlights grew scarcer, their glow fading into the darkness. At 1 a.m., I was the sole traveler on that road, heading into the inky blackness. As I pulled up to the stop sign, something utterly chilling occurred. A man with a look of sheer terror etched across his face suddenly materialized at my driver's side window, as though he anticipated being struck by a vehicle. I hastily shifted my car into park, exited, and scrutinized the area surrounding my vehicle, yet no trace of the man could be found. Perplexed and uneasy, I returned to my car and continued my journey. This was the first time in all my years of such experiences that I had actually seen someone's face. Before I delve into my friend's experiences, let me offer a bit of background information. She's a Wiccan, always open to the world of spirits and the supernatural. Her first tale is set about 30 minutes from a popular tourist attraction, accessible via a winding and dimly lit road. I won't reveal the location for safety reasons, but you should know that the road can get treacherous at night, frequented by local car groups seeking to indulge in high-speed escapades. On this particular night, my friend embarked on a drive down that road to clear her mind. During her journey, she was on the phone with a friend, the call placed on speaker in her car. As she neared the gate at the road's end, the phone signal grew weaker, eventually leading to a disconnection. Concerned for her safety, she promptly turned around. Upon reaching a more stable phone signal, she phoned her friend back, inquiring about the call. Her friend insisted that no call had come through from her during that time, even providing screenshots of his call logs as proof, a baffling inconsistency in the fabric of reality. The next tale takes a more personal turn. In December of 2020, I found myself traversing a picturesque mountain road while biding my time before picking up my roommate from the airport. It seems my friends and I have a penchant for such recreational drives. The road was a midpoint between the trail's beginning and end, nestled amid the serenity of the mountains. The clock had struck 9.30 p.m., and I was the sole traveler, with no cars ahead or behind, and any potential vehicles too far in the distance to be seen. I drove with my high beams on when, in a brief yet harrowing moment, I glimpsed a woman. She wore a peculiar white dress and was walking along the right side of the road, her back to me. As I mentioned before, my ability allows me to perceive these entities in my mind's eye. Her dress was a thick off-white material, reminiscent of what baby Yoda might wear, paired with sandals and dishwater blonde hair. Her head hung downward, facing away from me. In the blink of an eye, she vanished. This was Arizona in December, and the night air carried an icy chill, rendering the sight of someone in sandals utterly perplexing. And to clarify, 
I don't reside in Flagstaff or any region accustomed to heavy snowfall. Ladies and gentlemen, we've just ventured into another eerie tale from the depths of the unknown. But fear not, there's more spine-tingling content coming your way after this short break. While we take a breather, remember to follow us on X, formerly Twitter, Threads, Instagram, and Facebook, at Charlie Shows, to stay updated on all things supernatural. If you've been enjoying these chilling stories, be sure to like, share, and subscribe, or follow, depending on your platform, so you never miss a heart-pounding episode. And for those brave souls who want to support our quest for the paranormal, consider contributing through buymeacoffee.com slash charlieschills. So, don't wander too far. We'll be back with more hair-raising tales, inexplicable encounters, and unsettling mysteries. Stay tuned, because Charlie's Chills returns in just a moment. Keep those lights on, my friends. I want to share some of the eerie encounters that punctuated my childhood. Now, as I've left behind the tumultuous years of puberty and adolescence, these otherworldly experiences have become a distant memory. Still, I cherish the inexplicable events that unfolded in my youth, even though they often sent shivers down my spine. This tale is a bit lengthy, but here it goes. One of my earliest memories is from a visit to my nan's grave, a few years after her passing. I must have been quite young at the time. My mother and I stood by her resting place, tending to the memory of our beloved Nan. Suddenly, I heard a joyful, serene voice call my name. I stood near some bushes, and beyond them, two ladies engaged in conversation. But the voice I heard was clear as day, distinct from theirs, as if someone were standing right beside me. I turned to my mother, who was several feet away, low to the ground, busy with her task. I asked her why she had called my name, perplexed. She had no idea what I was talking about. Her position would have required her to shout to reach me, but this voice was gentle and calm. I am convinced it was my nan, reaching out to me from beyond the grave. In my aunt's old house, I experienced another chilling encounter. I was staying in the largest spare room one night. My senses were on high alert, as I often felt the presence of someone or something in specific areas of a room throughout my childhood. These areas were where adults usually sensed something as well, and I seemed to be a magnet for paranormal activity. On this particular night, my senses were practically screaming at me, and I felt the ghostly presence of a highwayman. He stood about 15 to 20 feet away, fixated on me. He wore all-black attire, a long coat trailing down to his calves, a trickhorn hat perched atop his head, and black boots. 
His hands rested menacingly on his hips, and his legs were spread in a confrontational stance. I turned to face the wall, trembling, and eventually managed to fall asleep with the juve pulled tightly over my head. Unsurprisingly, I never slept in that room again. I also spotted another ghost in the bathroom adjacent to the eerie room. One night, as I was heading to the bathroom, I saw the legs of someone entering the restroom and heard the door shut. I even heard the toilet flush. Yet, no one emerged from the bathroom. The next day, I asked if anyone had used the bathroom, but they all vehemently denied it. This mysterious figure had kept its back to me the entire time. My aunt informed me that she had seen an old lady walking down the hallway and had her own encounters with this spirit. In the same house, my aunt's hallway acted as a portal for spirits. A friend of hers once saw a man upstairs and greeted him, thinking it was my uncle. To her surprise, he did not respond and simply entered the same room where I had seen the highwayman. When she went downstairs to tell my aunt, they discovered that no one else was home except for them. My aunt herself had multiple sightings of the same man, including one instance where he peered over the banister, catching her eye. He seemed to be spying on her before quickly retreating upon being noticed. My childhood continued to be marked by supernatural experiences. When I lived with my father, we resided in a house with a chilling history. We were informed that in the Victorian era, a couple had died there, and their bodies were laid out in the dining room slash living room until they were collected. The house buzzed with eerie activity. My stepmother and I heard heavy, slow footsteps ascending the stairs, resembling those of an overweight elderly man in boots. I saw the transparent figure of a Victorian-dressed woman gliding along the upstairs hallway, her beautiful dress trailing behind her. My room also hosted a solid black figure one night, although this presence did not instill fear in me. In fact, I felt strangely secure around it. My father and stepmother also had their own encounters with figures in the house, including solid black apparitions in the kitchen. Perhaps the most bizarre occurrences happened when the family was in bed upstairs, and the lower part of the house came to life. It was as if a ghostly family was mimicking our actions at night. Cupboards in the dining room would open, people would ascend and descend the stairs, footsteps echoed through the lower part of the house, and whispers and voices filled the air. One particularly eerie night, I woke up at 3 a.m., hearing what sounded like my father, stepmother, and stepbrother talking in the next room. It was as though they had inexplicably woken up early, a baffling notion as they wouldn't typically be awake without me at such an hour. I even heard the bathroom door creak and what seemed like their voices conversing in the hallway. This surreal event lasted for what felt like an eternity before suddenly falling silent. The next morning, I asked them about their early morning conversation, but they all vehemently denied any such interaction. It was indeed a perplexing experience, as the voices had sounded exactly like theirs. My journey through the world of the supernatural continued when I ventured into English pubs. England, 
known for its old and storied pubs, often harbors ghostly secrets. In one such establishment, I sensed the presence of a man in a dark trench coat, a local who preferred a specific corner of the pub to quietly observe the patrons. He kept to himself and never caused any harm. The manager confirmed the existence of this spectral regular, recounting stories of an old local who had a habit of sitting in that exact corner, silently watching the world go by. A few months later, during my brother's birthday party at a different pub, I had another paranormal encounter. Although I was only 16 and abstained from drinking, I found myself in a bizarre situation. As soon as I entered the pub, something inexplicable occurred. I stood with my brother and his family, chatting away. The pub had benches for seating. Suddenly, an old man reading a newspaper with his dog vanished into thin air. In his place appeared two ladies dressed in puffy Elizabethan or Victorian attire, complete with hats, teacups, gloves, a cupcake stand, and ancient newspapers. I was left in shock, for the transition had happened in an instant, as if the past had momentarily bled into the present. The world I inhabited was marked by echoes of the unseen, a realm where the ordinary and the paranormal converged in eerie harmony. Ladies and gentlemen, we've just ventured into another eerie tale from the depths of the unknown. But fear not, there's more spine-tingling content coming your way after this short break. While we take a breather, remember to follow us on X, formerly Twitter, Threads, Instagram, and Facebook, at Charlie Shields, to stay updated on all things supernatural. If you've been enjoying these chilling stories, be sure to like, share, and subscribe, or follow, depending on your platform, so you never miss a heart-pounding episode. And for those brave souls who want to support our quest for the paranormal, consider contributing through buymeacoffee.com slash charlieschills. So, don't wander too far. We'll be back with more hair-raising tales, inexplicable encounters, and unsettling mysteries. Stay tuned, because Charlie's Chills returns in just a moment. Keep those lights on, my friends. Since my childhood, I found myself in the company of spirits on numerous occasions. While these encounters may not be numerous, they have left an indelible mark on my life. One of my earliest supernatural experiences was a peculiar incident involving my mother's astral projection when I was a mere six years old. Though it might not fit the traditional mold of a ghostly encounter, it remains etched in my memory. This eerie incident transpired in the house I grew up in, nestled in the quiet town of Wheat Ridge, Colorado. I remember that night vividly. I lay in bed, wide awake, when suddenly, a ghostly apparition of my mother drifted through the hallway. A wave of panic washed over me, 
and I called out to her. To my astonishment, she responded from the adjacent bedroom, assuring me that everything was alright and that she understood what was happening. My second brush with the supernatural occurred when I was eight years old, still in the same Wheat Ridge house. This time, I was lying in bed, fully awake, when I saw a shadowy figure silently traverse the space from our front door to the kitchen. Strangely, I heard no creaking floorboards, nor the customary sounds of a door opening and closing. Puzzled by this spectral encounter, I questioned my parents the following day. Both adamantly denied having ventured outside during the previous night. Fast forward to 2008, when I was 31 years old, and I found myself at a friend's house in Westminster, Colorado. He regaled us with tales of a ghost that haunted his abode, piquing my curiosity. Like a budding ghost hunter, I began to ask questions, encouraging any ethereal presence to manifest itself. Our impromptu seance yielded spine-tingling results. As I threw questions into the spectral void, we heard distinct taps in response, as if from an unseen visitor. On another eerie night, while gathered at my friend's house, we were repeatedly disturbed by inexplicable tapping noises. This prompted one of our party to capture a photograph, revealing a ghostly figure of a man clad in Viking attire, grinning impishly at the camera. There's a road in Thornton, Colorado, infamous for its supernatural activity, Riverdale Road, a mere 10 to 15 minutes from my current residence. This road is steeped in ghostly lore, and I've had several eerie encounters there, each deserving of its own tale. My first foray onto Riverdale Road occurred in 2008, around Halloween. It was a night filled with trepidation as we sought a tree associated with witch hangings. Along the way, we encountered an ominous pickup truck with obscured windows, following us like a specter from a horror movie. Eventually, realizing we'd missed our intended destination, we pulled over. The ominous truck passed us by, and we eventually located the accursed tree. Nestled on the side road, with a dirt path leading to a nearby dairy farm, the tree evoked imagery of witches gathering on the dimly lit road. Our nerves on edge, we lingered near the tree for about 20 to 30 minutes. It was during this eerie vigil that we heard faint laughter, a chorus of ghostly giggles from an invisible source. Startled, we spotted a lady in a white dress, who seemed to appear and disappear like a specter. Some of my friends decided it was time to leave, but my curiosity led me to stay behind. As the driver that night, I had to reluctantly comply with their wishes. However, when I returned home, I heard an unusual click in my car as I turned it off. This inexplicable sound would continue to haunt me, persisting until I finally disposed of the vehicle in 2016, nearly eight years of eerie reminders. Our second outing on Riverdale Road took place the following night. This time, we encountered less activity. One unusual occurrence was a continuous, eerie sound emanating from the very tree associated with witch hangings. A few days later, a friend and I returned, 
driven by a mix of curiosity and a hunger for the supernatural. As we neared the dairy farm, we suddenly reversed course in haste upon spotting a spectral figure. Floating towards us, this phantom appeared as a man wearing an apron and clutching a knife, a chilling sight that left us reeling. My final encounter on Riverdale Road occurred in 2009. Determined to locate the infamous tree once more, we embarked on a quest that would leave us disoriented and bewildered. After we overshot our mark, a car sped ominously behind us, racing past us before vanishing into the dark void ahead. Alarmed, we retraced our steps and found the tree. We parked and ventured into the eerie darkness. A shadowy figure crossed our path, prompting us to make a hasty retreat. In 2013, I married my wife, and for our honeymoon, we chose to stay at Colorado's most renowned haunted establishment, the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. During our stay, I noticed a peculiar sensation while taking showers in our room, an eerie feeling of being watched. One fateful night, while lying in bed, I felt an inexplicable pressure on my back, as though someone or something were pushing me. Quickly, I turned over to find my wife fast asleep. It was then that I realized I was not alone. During our stay at the Stanley Hotel, we decided to join one of their famous ghost tours. As we ventured through the hotel's historic hallways, our guide regaled us with tales of restless spirits and paranormal activity that had occurred within the hotel's walls. One particular story that caught my attention involved a maid who had tragically perished in a fire. Her spirit was said to linger in the hotel, where she would meddle in the affairs of couples, especially if she sensed that their marriages were not on solid ground. I couldn't help but wonder if she might be the one who had intruded into my personal space. One evening, during the tour, we found ourselves in a music hall-like auditorium, with a basement containing rooms where past guests had encountered inexplicable phenomena. One such room had been occupied by an individual with severe mental health issues. Whenever we entered that room, we had to announce our presence, as an air of discomfort permeated the space. Across the hall, another room harbored the spirit of a runaway girl who had tragically perished in a fire back in 1969. She was known as Lucy. One of her spectral manifestations involved closing doors by herself. I was initially skeptical, considering the possibility of the door being spring-loaded. However, my skepticism gave way to belief when, during one visit to the room, I witnessed the door start closing on its own. As I approached, it stopped just in time for me to walk through, an undeniable, chilling interaction with the paranormal. Fast forward to February and March, and I embarked on a journey to communicate with my departed parents through the assistance of two mediums. These encounters were deeply profound and successful in connecting me with the spirit world. Without the use of Ouija boards or tarot cards, I found myself immersed in conversations with the beyond. In particular, my March session introduced me to a third presence, someone of immense significance to me. 
My experience in March took place in Farmington, New Mexico, conducted via Zoom. In my quest to communicate with my mother, I made an unexpected connection with a second entity, none other than Marilyn Monroe. However, I'll refer to her by her birth name, Norma Jean, for reasons I'll soon explain. What made my connection with Norma Jean particularly intriguing was the inexplicable attraction I had developed for her shortly after my mother's passing in 1998. It was a fascination that had seemingly materialized out of thin air. I vividly remember stumbling upon a picture of her, and from that moment, I was captivated by her allure, particularly when she appeared as a brunette. My newfound interest puzzled both myself and my father, who found it rather odd. Strange dreams began to accompany my fascination with Norma Jean. In one dream, she appeared as a brunette, her features vaguely reminiscent of her iconic image. Another dream involved a chance encounter, with our parting words being, see you later. Remarkably, upon awakening and falling back asleep, the prophecy was fulfilled as I encountered her not once, but twice more that night. In 2007, I had the unique opportunity to visit her crypt, as well as the famous mirror at the Roosevelt Hotel, a mirror that had once resided in her room during her stay at the hotel. As I recounted this connection with Norma Jean to the medium, she suggested that, in some way, I was communicating with her through a divine conduit. She found this connection both fascinating and remarkable. It left me with a burning desire to explore this spiritual connection further, a yearning that still lingers to this day. A peculiar incident occurred during our conversation about Norma Jean. I heard an object fall behind me, even though I was seated on my goddaughter's bed, surrounded only by stuffed animals. As I glanced back, nothing appeared to be out of place, leaving me to ponder whether it was a simple act of acknowledgement a spectral hello from the other side. The following day, I shared this unusual incident with the medium, who found it equally intriguing. It was during these encounters that I became increasingly convinced of the authenticity of some mediums and their ability to facilitate genuine connections with the spirit world. Reaffirming my belief in the unexplained and the power of the supernatural. As my journey into the realm of the paranormal continued, I couldn't help but wonder about the unseen forces that surround us and the mysteries that lie beyond our understanding. My encounters with the other side had left an indelible mark on my life, inspiring a deep fascination with the supernatural that would continue to guide my quest for answers beyond the realm of the living. As we wrap up another spine-tingling episode of Charlie's Chills, thank you, fearless listeners, for joining our eerie exploration. Keep the chills alive by following us on X, Threads, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Chills. Like, share, subscribe, or follow, and stay connected. For those who dare to venture further, consider contributing through buymeacoffee.com slash charlieschills. Your support fuels our haunting tales. Find all the links in the description. Stay haunted, 
stay curious, and stay tuned for more chilling stories. This is Charlie, signing off. <laughs>